Okay, Wednesday the 13th of June, talk on the chakras in Brussels. Okay, now I'm introducing the, the concept of the doje or in Tibetan or the Vajra, and I'm pointing out that the Vajra is so important in Buddhism that you see it in all of the, virtually all of the, the Buddhist symbols on the bell. All of the, the monks, they normally have a Vajra and they, they, they use the bell and the Vajra together. And the Vajra means, um, in Sanskrit, it, it really means lightning. Mm. It's the, 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 the whole power, the energy of lightning. It's the energy, it's thunderbolt is sometimes the way they translate it. And in Tibet, it means immutable power. It's all the power of the meditation mind, of the chakras in here. And there are five rays and uh, there's a whole philosophy that comes with this Vajra to do with uh, the, uh, the Buddhas of meditation. And there's five different Buddhas and then there's the five elements. So we, all the philosophy is symbolized in this particular Vajra. And most Tibetans do not know this at all, which I'm showing you here on this diagram. And if I had the full head lotus, it would be very large because there's a thousand petals and this is just the very inner portion of it. But here I'm pointing out that the Vajra pushes around an acorn, and I just use the term acorn, it's the shape of an acorn, of sooty, a grouping of petals, right? There's a number of petals. Uh, so there's um, these are 33 petals. There's seven petals here. So seven, ten. So it, anyway, it, pu it pushes around a grouping of petals in the head, lotus. And now, what you have to understand with regards to the chakras themselves, and we said there's seven, but in the, the Buddhist system, and also I think with Saberio, they combine the two of them, the head and this Arjuna, into one because they overlap, and the base of the spine and the sacral center into one. So they make five chakras. What you see here is these little wavy lines like this, which is just energy. It's the flow of energy. So when you get a wave of energy and another wave of energy and they cross each other, they form a petal of the chakra. It's all a petal is a petal like a petal of a flower, mm -hmm. right? If you think like a rose or a flower's got many different petals, so these are lots of little petals, and then the petals make larger petals, and so the heart has got twelve main petals, and this is very very highly symbolic. It's just a, a mandala um, with um, their symbolism. But this is the way it will look more. So it's energy. And the energy conveys, they have different colours, and they convey consciousness. Right? There's little lines of force that, that move in a similar way. And when they cross each other, they form a vortice of energy. And the interrelationship between these little lines of force makes a flower of a chakra. Right? And the whole body is made up of these little lines of energy. So we're looking at the way energy in the body interrelates to make a flower. Right? So it produces a, a force vortice. So in one way, it first of all starts with the wheel. Right? So it spins. Right? And so the, the spinning wheel is the beginning of the turning of the chakra. And when you see it, when you see the, the energies, the way they, they, they cross within that spinning wheel of different little lines of energy, it forms the flower. And so the whole body is made up of seven main chakras, but of the seven, two in the head are, jo are joined together. And yeah, this Arjuna, the third eye, and the head lotus, they join, they actually one. They're just aspects. One is this way, and the other way is at right angles to it. And the base of the spine, the very brain, the next one up, which we call the sacral center, are also one chakra. Right? Um, they all have Sanskrit names, like the base of the spine would be Muladhara, 
and I'm going to save you the Sanskrit words. <laughs> um, the next one is Swadhisthana and Manipura and Anahata. So Anahata is the heart center. So I'm using the English terms. You see, therefore, that this is just a, a highly stylized. You understand the word stylized drawing, a simplified, very simple drawing of the chakras, the way that the Hindus and the Buddhists depict them, whereas this is the proper way. And this is only a small portion of one. So what I'm sort of saying is that this Vajra is what is the, the combined energies of nadis. The nadis are the very fine lines of energy in the body. What this is really is, is the energy is coming from this gripping of petals, from a gripping of petals from one tier of the, the chakra. So you can think of the chakra having many circles of petals. So it comes from, the energies come from a, a smaller circle to a larger circle by means of these prongs here. And this is the way that the doge comes into being. So if you understand that there's tears, as we call it, of petals. And so the energies flow, they combine together from many little petals. So if you can think of these little serpents of energy, you know, like, like little waves, and they, they all combine together. And when they all combine together and they're flowing from one tier of petals to the next larger tier, then they flow in the form of this wave of energy that makes the prongs of the doge. And then the doge itself is spinning. And as it's spinning, it's turning the chakras, the turning the flowers, as the flowers then are turning. And each of these petals have qualities associated with them to do with consciousness, with what the attributes of mind. So you understand there's, there's two ways of analysing the chakras in terms of five, or in terms of seven. And we can see a human being has got five fingers, five toes, and we're basically five a head, torso, two arms and two legs. And likewise with the chakras. Now with the chakras, they convey the elements, the, the five elements. So each of these five chakras is a res a responsible for the conveying into the body and through the body the energy of these five elements, the earth, water, fire, air, ether. And the head lotus does the ether. Earthy has got to do this physical plane and our normal physical interrelationships. Water is the emotional world. So it's the way people interrelate emotionally. Fire is your mind. It's the way, the energy of your mind and the energy of the way you think. Air is the energy of the heart. It's of compassion, of high consciousness. This is air. And then the ether is the, the energy of cosmic consciousness. So that's the best I can give you. Um, and that's the head lotus in the Arjuna. So the highest possible consciousness that one can have on this earth. These are the, the chakras. The base of the spine, this most basic chakra, these two together, they're united. You can see this here, yeah. unites them. And here, these two are united. And so you've got one, two, three, four, five. The lowest one, this, the sacral center, which is in the, the sexual area, it channels all of the pranas in the body. The, the prana is the, the name that we use in Sanskrit for energy. And nadi is energy channel. So these are Sanskrit terms. The acupuncture, have you seen books on acupuncture? Mm -hmm. And all the lines, they are nadis, mm -hmm. right? And the energy that comes through them is called prana. And prana is the air you breathe, the energy that comes from food that you eat, the energy that through people's emotions, the energy of, of the mind, the energy of the heart. There's five types of pranas. The five types of pranas are these elements. The prana is the energy of these five planes. These are the five elements. So the five elements, or sometimes we call them alchemical elements. So in alchemy, they use these five elements. So there's five different types of pranas in the body. There's five chakras that convey them, five fingers. Each one of these fingers 
sends out one of these different types of prana. This little finger is the ephric, this is the airy, this is the earthy, this is the fiery, and this is the watery. What you're learning from me here is Western Buddhist philosophy, religion. Right? And it goes all the way through. It doesn't matter if it's Buddhist or if it's, if it's Hindu or if it's Chinese or if it's uh, Egyptian or it's Kabbalah. They're speaking of these, these energies, this type of philosophy. This is alchemy. When we're talking about mm -hmm. these five elements, we're talking about what the Rosicrucians were involved with, what the ancient alchemists were involved with, the ancient chemistry was based on this. So when you go into the first of the, you know, Joseph Priestley, early chemists, they were talking in terms of these elements. Here we're putting it now into the terminology, the words of Buddhists and Hindu and some of the other religions that we, we will touch upon. But specifically the Buddhist and Hindu philosophy because they're the ones that go into meditation, yoga, and they deal with these energies in meditation. Later on, you, you're, you could see and feel the energy coming out of the body. You work with healing, with the magnetism of the energy. So this particular field, everything is energy. And, but the energy in the body is conditioned controlled by the mind. But most people are emotional. So these emotional people we call watery because it's the watery pranas that they are generating. And over time there's another term that is used, it's desire mind, what we call in Sanskrit karma manas. So manas is mind and desire is karma. Often people have the mind mixed or fused with their desires and this causes their problems. A proper understanding of these elements, the same as this, this Vajra tip, it's got the five elements in these four directions in the central one. The centre is this ether, and then the four directions, each of them relate to one of these other four elements. And so when we are dealing with the chakras, then the, each of the five types of chakras, if we combine the head and the ajna, then we have here the head lotus, head and ajna. Ajna is the third eye. So that um, channels this etheric or the highest consciousness as possible. Air is channeled by the heart centre. I'll just make a C for centre, right? The fire is channeled by the throat center. Water is channeled by the solar plexus center. And the earth is channeled by the sacral and the base of spine combination. Those are your five main chakras. So if you look at here, in this particular diagram, you can see that the base of the spine has four petals. The sacral center has six. The solar plexus here has 10. The heart center has 12 petals. And this is one reason why, for instance, Jesus had 12 disciples, because he embodied the qualities of the heart. He was the, the son of God from, from the Christian point of view. And then the throat center, which conveys the fiery energy, has 16 petals. And then the Arjuna has two main lobes, as we call it, but it's 96 altogether. And then this thousand petal lotus really has a thousand and fifty-six petals in order to convey that the consciousness, the highest consciousness possible, that which produces enlightenment. Now, so all of these, these petals are quite important. And in my little diagram here, of the chakras. These are just simply the chakras below the diaphragm and it also shows some of the minor chakras in the body and some of the nadis, the lines of energies 
that go from petals to petals. Now the important thing to understand is that this energy body is the true body of a human person. We are really energy. Everything to do with the physical body comes from these chakras, comes from these energies. In order to heal a person, for instance, I mean, we're talking about psychic healing, spiritual healing, not medical healing with drugs. And even those drugs are still affecting these chakras. You work with the chakras. Each chakra is the potency that the organs of the body have controlling them a chakra. So every organ in the body has, has a chakra that governs it. If you put the, the wrong energies into those chakras, it will cause problems in the organs. It will, can cause sickness, disease and death just by manipulating chakras because the energy is what feeds the body. How can possibly uh, energy be manipulated to, to cause... Uh... Well, this is the subject of magic, black and white magic. In Australia, for instance, there's Aboriginals that um, have a deaf bone. It's just a bone. And if the Aboriginal elder points it at an Aboriginal, they will die. It's, it's a proven thing because the, the energy he sends to them and their beliefs, that's what they will do. The, all of magic, of all of the history of human race is based on magic. And their magic is black and white. And the energy produces great psychic powers, clairvoyance, the ability to read the future, the ability to see what we're talking last week about the astral plane, the people in the life after death, uh, to become a, a great being, the Jesus able to make 5,000 fishes and, out of, and loaves of bread, just creating one after the other. And it's done through chakras and through power, the energies that come through it. And later on, when we're talking about the angelic kingdom, the diva kingdom, then we'll understand the way that they work with regards to the chakras. When you think of, of becoming an enlightened being, when you think of health, when you think of everything that you are, you have to begin to think more as an esoteric person in terms of chakras. This is the way the Buddhists and the Hindus have done it for thousands of years. Oh, you know, it goes way, way before that. And as I said, all magic is worked by means of chakras. Sound and colour affects the chakras, the way they spin, what comes through them, and the quality of the sound, the nature of the colour. And when we're talking about sound and colour, we're just talking about two different types or the same a form of energy that can either be seen clairvoyantly or heard clairaudiently. You understand the word clairvoyant and clairaudient? So these chakras are all important. That's the energy coming into the body, yeah, the vortex. The and this is all these are. Uh, a chakra is just a spinning disk of energy. It's outside, yes. The chakras are also outside the body. The actual chakra, the main chakras are outside. They're larger than the body. The whole aura of a, of a person, if you can see the aura, is something that you know, can be uh, quite a few feet outside. Now, if you see the energy body, the etheric body, the, it's a few inches or an inch or so away. And you'll see the lines of energy coming if you look carefully. Uh, but for you, it's not so, so easy. But you can easily, you can, if you look away from your, away from the, the, your hand and don't just focus, but um, defocus your, your eyes, you'll start to see these energies. And you can feel the energies if you put your hands together like this and move them just a, uh, about a half an inch or so away and just move it around you should find feel this tingling tingling is like little electricity it's little sensations you're not touching but you can you can feel the heat and you can also feel the energy you should be able to feel um, if you move it like this you should feel almost like a bubble of energy and little lines of electricity going from one hand to the other like this you're just going to move it around the, the energies that sustains the physical body 
is controlled by the chakras. And the chakras, the little nadis, convey the energies from chakra to chakra. And then the energies goes into the physical body and controls the organs. If the energy is sort of discordant, aberrated, then you will sow the seeds for sickness. The physical body will start to, to sicken. It will allow all the disease germs to, to build there because the vitality, so the vitality is gone and then that produces the basis of sickness. Everything is the energy. Without this energy body, without this nadi system, we would not be alive. It's as simple as that. The nadis keep our bodies alive. The chakras is our consciousness working through all the portions of the body and keeping them active, healthy. It's, uh, it's a vast philosophy, this chakras. I've, I've written my books, there's probably, I've written probably a thousand or more pages explaining chakras and the nadis and the energies that come through us. It's quite a vast philosophy. In the Christian book, they have one Bible like this, but the Hindu, the Buddhists, they have a room full of Bibles. Tanjo and the Kanjo are 208 or 235 books or something, and 116 texts, and that's their main text, and there's all the other great yogis that have written books. And most of them are on this sort of subject, the control of chakras, the way consciousness affects the nadis, and the development of the Buddha-like qualities, the basis behind the doise. It's, it's vast literature on this particular subject. Yeah, the, the energies are quite easy to see, actually. <laughs> the, the, the coming from the fingertips, you can play with them like this and, and get the little tingles and if, if, when you're not focusing correctly, especially with a candle in front of you, you'll see the little lines coming out and, and causing the, the tingles. And this is the, the, the prana coming from fingertip to fingertip. Um, and there's two chakras in the palm and the hands. That's the reason why it's easy to make the tingling here, as you can do it with other parts. So nearly all spiritual healing is working with chakras. And also uh, herbal healing and Bach flower remedies, it's all working with chakras. Of course. They stimulate, they stimulate the little chakras. Acupuncture points, the dealing with the nadis. The, the acupuncture comes in and all that the acupuncture does is, is either stops the flow of the energy into a particular part of the body or makes the energy go. That's all they can do. So it's a little gate, either it's on or off. And if they stop the flow of energy, then we get anesthetic effects. Anesthesia is when you can, can't feel anything anymore. So if you get the right acupuncture needles in your body, then they can perform surgery and you won't feel anything because there's no prana going there to that organ. There's no communication of energy. No communication of energy. So it's the prana and the chakras. So you understand this. So all these acupuncture points, it's the smallest of the nadis on the surface of the skin. But as you go deeper in, there's more these little flowers, these little ones. And the big ones are outside. They're spinning as people are talking and have the emotional relationships. They're sending energy from each other and the chakra picks this up. And then there's lines of energy going from petals to petals through these little... Each petal is linked to another, another part of the, the chakras and they convey the energy from this petal and this part of the, the lotus. Of The lotus is the normal way we describe a chakra, right? It's a lotus blossom. So it's either a wheel of energy and then the wheel, because of the types of energies and the way it spins, produces a cross in it. And then, which is the base of spine center, and then um, it can produce more layers of different petals. And so we get then. then I have a question related to a, a petal. A petal can be expressed on the different uh, layers, like mm. earth, fire, water, water, or a petal is always expressed in only one element. 
Each element is also a sub, has seven sub-elements. So if you multiply seven times seven, you get 49 forms of expression. And so each, each of the petals will convey one particular element, but it may have sub-hues. You have to remember there's like a colour, like you've got a red colour, but it can have many different shades of the red. And then the, the flower itself, the, the lotus, is the same. It has a, a fundamental colouring, but different shades. And so all of the, the chakras have basic colours uh, assigned to them. Like the heart is golden yellow, right? So if you've seen the heart, it's a very beautiful, vibrant golden yellow. And then the solar plexus is a green with some red in it. But these are general colours. But each individual also creates their own types of colours. And as they have their own auric colours around them. And so if you look at the aura, the energy field that's coming out of a person because of their emotions, then you can read the colours and I can give you the colours and the meanings of all the colours of the aura. It's, and all the chakras are, is they're just spinning this energy. They mix the energy that's coming to them from other petals in the body or outside of the body. Right? So each chakra has got receptive to one of these or other of these five elements and each of those has got their sub-elements. Remember we went into the seven planes and I said there are seven planes of perception and each of these chakras are related to one of those seven planes. And then there's seven rays of light. And so there's seven chakras because each of these chakras respond to the qualities of one of these rays of light. And then the rays of light in our philosophy are related to all of the psychological qualities associated with the energy of light. The seven days of creation in the Bible are again related to the seven chakras. So you can see this number seven. We even have seven week, seven days to a week. It's, it's, you know, it's an arbitrary thing, but it still does relate to this. Seven, seven sort of notes to a scale. And then we have the octave of the eighth. So again, you've got the seven um, nature, and eventually you'll even understand the seven layers to the skin. And, you know, the seven comes again and again. So the chakras deal with the sevenfold ordering of all the phenomena. Even the physical body is the this earthy element. So if the earth here, the earthy element has got two sections to it. We've got three subplanes here and four ethers, so etheric and dense. Now this dense is um, what we know here. It's solid, liquid, gas, and here we have four ethers. And here, in these four etheric subplanes, which is this energy body, the four levels of expression of these nadis. The energy body itself has its refinements. So it goes to very, very denser, lighter, lighter and lighter. And the chakras themselves, most of them are here on the fourth ether. Um, the throat centre is here on the third ether. The heart centre is here on the second ether, and then the head lotus is here on the first ether. The chakras themselves are, uh, also have different densities of energy. They can be very refined or not so refined. Uh, this particular one here, the, head, the, the etheric energy, is almost not, most people don't respond to it. So you're really mainly talking about four, four of the, the elements that people have a response to. It's like in this, this Vajra here. This is the central prong is the ether and then these other, the etheric and then these other four is the four main elements. Here in this particular book here of um, Govinda's book on page 146, we have the standard a picture of a, of a yogi doing meditation showing that the chakras come from the central spine and there's three main nadis, what we call Ida, Pingala and Shashumna. And, but this is only a small portion and then all these others like I'm showing you here 
um, see this, all these others. That's the that's the diaphragm here. So these three is this one, that one, and that one, and then there's all these other minor ones and then smaller ones until you get to the acupuncture. The bigger ones come outside the body. They swirl from outside the body to inside. Yeah. But the little ones they are in the body because they govern the aspects of your organs. So you, for instance, you have two little chakras to do with your eyes two ones to do with your ears and so you can understand you know there's little chakras that control the body and so they they're closer to the body and then between the chakras and the the physical organ itself is all the energies of going to the organ controlling the organ so the energy that comes from the chakra determines whether you're healthy or or sick and the energy that comes from the chakra is what you develop yourself. You can, you know, the way you are emotionally. So most sicknesses are because of people's emotions. Probably 95% of sicknesses are because people are emotionally, they get depressed, they get angry, they get moody, um, they worry too much. You understand? If you're going to worry and worry, you're going to make yourself sick. And the energy comes through that worry into the chakra, in this case it's the solar plexus, and it may go to the minor chakras in the lungs and cause some congestion of the lungs. So the healing is to not worry, <laughs> not to have all these emotions, uh, to be loving, joyous most of the time. And then there's many other uh, factors that, that go with this gives you the complete picture of a human being, of animals, of evolution. I think in terms of chakras, so for me, there's each individual has got a chakra. The kingdom of souls itself, each soul, human soul is a chakra. It's nine main petals with three bud lotuses. So, you know, it's, it's, so each human soul is a chakra. And then all aspects of the kingdoms of nature are chakras. And from the chakras go these lines of energy. So you have to think always of energy. The energy is magnetic. It, um, the energy from the sun, the vitality from the sun, the food that you eat, the emotions. You can see that you, know, you have to think more of energy in the way energy goes from people to people. Um, from people to animals and from nature to, to humans and so forth to understand that these chakras are everywhere in nature uh, and earth itself is a chakra the solar system is a chakra it's just not seen with physical eyes but from the point of view the way energy is organized that's what organizes the energy or the way energy is organized is the, these vortices and the lines of energy hit they affect each other and they produce the, the little swirls that seem clairvoyantly as chakras. And so the, the Buddhists, here you get this, this picture here, but there you have it on the, the outside here on this book. And you can see that he's again showing the main lines of energy. The central one is called Shushumna and it's power. This left side is called Ida, it's feminine. It deals with consciousness, the mind. And then this right side, this here coloured yellow, is Pingala. It's to do with consciousness itself, not the mind, but with the way mind and the heart, with the compassion, with love, interrelate. We think in terms of Ida and Pingala, it's almost like male and female. One type of person is loving, which is Pingala type, and often quite emotional as well. And the other are very mental. They can be very you know, rigidly mental and they're often very also physical. And so that's the Ida. And then there's the Shumna type that, that master life, the very willpower, they have force. Uh, so this is central spinal column energy. So in theistic terms, we call it the Fada energy which is the Shushumna, the sun energy which is Pingala and the matter energy which is Ida. And so you've got that which produces birth, creation, this is the feminine, that which is the sun or the result of that which is the, the masculine, the consciousness aspect and then you've got that which is the driving force behind everything which is the father aspect or the will.
These are the three main energies. But from these three central ones come thousands of little lines of energy, which are the nadis. So in the nadis, when they interrelate, they produce these little vortices, which will be seen as chakras. Those are the three, the, the three types of, of energy. Uh, intelligence actually is the feminine. Uh, if, you, if you look at the diva kingdom, See, if you understand what intelligence is, intelligence is that which gives birth, it creates things. It causes the segregation, separation of things. Like all of nature is the result of intelligence. So it produces a, a vast diversity of flowers, of leaf shapes, of trees, of rocks, and all of that is uh, the mind. Whereas consciousness, it's creativity, yes. It's the feminine that, that gives birth to, to diversity. Whereas consciousness is the love principle that brings it all back into a unity, into harmony, into oneness. And then the father aspect is that which drives it all into abstract expression of liberation. That's the way that we look. So it's the, the function of the mind or of intelligence produces diversity. It's segregated. It names things. And that's the feminine where, and therefore it gives birth to things. Whereas the sun principle is that which evolves from all of that, which brings everything back to unity. We call that consciousness, the, the heart itself. So the diva kingdom is intelligent. Uh, intelligent wheels is the way that, that, that I describe them. Whereas the human kingdom actually is the love principle. Though humans don't act all that loving on the whole, they produce all the war and hatred and, and destruction in nature. Whereas the divas produce all of the beauty and, and loving harmony that you see, but they're using the mind. Whereas we are evolving the ability to love. To, to actually transcend mind, but first of all we go through this, this intelligent process in order to understand everything, and once we've understood everything, then we can transcend it. And so human beings are going through this process of understanding, and then through the understanding eventually they can master it. And this is what produces the sun. So you can see, when you begin to properly understand chakras, as I, I write about chakras in my books a lot, as I said, and I will actually investigate history through the chakras that are unfolding over time. And I, I won't go into this, this whole philosophy, and it goes into the philosophy of the root races from, from Atlantis to where we are now and where we're going to, but it's all different chakras where human beings, where all the human kingdom constituted just petals. So we begin to see. And here, for instance, in my revelation, in this question of evil, I'm actually describing here on this page, which is 150, the main nadis, is the Shashumna nadi, and the way that the energies spiral, the serpent type of energy. And before that, I go into this diagram here, which most of you may have seen of the serpent biting its own tail and it's the cycle of time, the way time is it eats itself uh, Kundalini, it's fire it's the fire that, that is liberated from the base of the spine centre at a certain point of time and it's the energy of, mother, of the mother that sustains all of this form and has to be liberated and as it travels up the spine it produces the awakening Kundalini is, is the energy of fire that is trapped in matter like if you understand a nuclear explosion, so you understand within each atom there is energy that's trapped in the atom. And when the scientists bring those atoms together in the right combination, uh, it releases the inherent fire and it produces the nuclear explosion that's, that you see. Now within each human being at the base of the spine where the and the, the sacral centre and the uh, base of the spine centre where they overlap, there is a nuclear furnace. And yogis can awaken this. And when they awaken this, it's the same in the body as when scientists are releasing this energy in, in a nuclear reactor.
but they're doing it in the body. And when it is released, it goes through the chakras and awakens the powers of the chakras and produces clairaudience and clairvoyance and all of these higher powers that, for instance, Jesus had, the Buddha had, the great beings have. And this is done by means of this fire. And it can only be done safely after much purification. In my environment, there is a lot of meditation hmm. which is focusing on uh, the expression of Kundalini. When, when they do this, they're Stages. playing with fire, yes. yes. The, the, our, our lunatic asylums are full of people that have played with Kundalini in a formal life. This is the karma. They do not know how to control it. You understand, as scientists have taken, they have to have, build a huge nuclear reactor, right? Build a huge nuclear reactor, and then they, <laughs> you understand that they have to have this, this heavy water, which is purposely made to shield it all, all the radiation that comes from it. Now, the nuclear reactor in the body Unless you've got the proper purity, you've controlled your emotions, your mind is absolutely controlled, you're totally loving, <laughs> absolutely, you know, all these things, you know, you're eating the right foods, everything inside you is clean, there's not anything that can distort if any energy comes of any form, then the Kundalini can rise. Until then, the Kundalini will burn a path through the line of least resistance. Energy follows thought. Energy goes through the easiest path it can possibly go through. You understand? And this is nuclear energy. Absolute fire. And it goes through the quickest, shortest path. And it can be through any organ of the body. It can produce insanity. Fortunately, these people that play with Kundalini don't know what they're doing. The teachers don't know, they're ignorant, and the students are ignorant. And that's what saves them from spontaneous human combustion, from becoming insane. <laughs> right. What do you think, please, about the experiments in Geneva at the moment? The nuclear um, experience with the deities of Snallach? Oh, certainly, CERN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's scientists. They, 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 they're trying to no, but they, they. Yeah, yeah. It's CERN. It's CERN. It's C E R N is the, the short term. Yeah, it's a, it's eighteen miles of a nuclear. Uh, so what they it's accelerating. They they accelerate the energies, the the photons, of the particles to go very very fast because they're trying to make the particles go as fast as they did at the beginning of the universe, and they smash them together. So they're tiny little particles, uh, and they, they smash them together and they observe what happens. They're looking for what they call the Higgs boson, mm -hmm. which I won't explain because it's mm -hmm. got to do with their theories of how the universe came into. And if they can find a Higgs boson, then they'll all be happy and they'll drink their champagne because then their theories have been validated. And so here in my book, here you can see the serpent type of energy here. And then it produces the, the spiral, mm -hmm. the spiral cyclic type. Um, and then it produces, when you get these spirals together, uh, this is actually the motion if you've got of a moon around the earth that's traveling around the sun. So this black line By here, this black line here is the motion of the sun. This thicker line here is the motion of the earth going around the sun as the sun is moving. And this little line is the motion of the moon going around the earth as the earth is going around the sun. But is this true or is it metaphysical? No, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Um, because when you... Under yeah, over here. Well, this is part of the background of the energies that make up all of this. All the petals that eventually make up the petals. It's got to do with spiral cyclic motion. It's just the way the energy moves. So if you think, to think the sun is a ball of light, it's travelling in space like this, right? And it's travelling a curved path. And as it's travelling in a curved path, the earth is travelling around it. 
right? Now you're used to seeing the line of the diagram of the sun is there and the earth is around going in a circle, it's going in the ellipses. But you have to understand the sun is moving. And so as the earth is circling around the sun, it has to move with the sun. And so, and as the moon is moving around the earth, that's moving around the sun, they're all moving together in the direction that the, the sun is going. And so these types of fundamental energies then, and then eventually, just for you, and then you have here the same sort of thing. This is the spinal column. You know, the spinal column, and it's got the same type of energy field that goes through it as we have with the way that the energies move. And then we've got what I call the time-space continuum. So as the energy spiral in this way, this is actually a spiral because this is moving in a curved path. As the energy spiral, we start from time at this at the very beginning of time, and as time as as time is moving through space, space itself is expanding, and it's moving in a in a spiral motion, and you get this time-space continuum, which is like a ram's horn or a shell, and this is based on the Fibonacci series. Shell? Seashell. So when you when you get all of these motions and you put them together and there's the, the two spirals together, then eventually you get the petals of a lotus. The four petals of the lotus appear. And then from that you get the symbols of the swastika, the threefold or the, the fourfold swastika, the fly flop. So all these religious symbols come from all yeah. of this. You can see them in meditation. Yes, oh, yes, you can see for that. For yourself or for the others too. People can see this, of course, but you've got to develop the meditation. But this is logic. This is just pure logic. I'm just showing you the way when you get the simple motion. In science, we've got what's called a sine wave, right? It's just the wave of energy that goes like this. Right? That's the sine. In our philosophy, we call this a serpent, a serpent mm -hmm. motion. Now the Kundalini is called so serpent, serpent motion yes. and that's all it's describing, oh, the serpent energy. Yes. And it's just the sine wave of energy. Yeah. Now when you get a sine wave of energy, as I said, you get one wave like this and you get another wave that goes in the opposite direction, you get one of these petals. So you get one wave that's going this way and another wave that's going that way. And when they cross, it forms a petal. It's just different waves going in, in different directions. And this here, one of these petals, if you look at your the Siberio's books, you'll see a little cell that he draws, a little mm. hexagon. So he joins all them together, and that's the same sort of thing. Except here, instead of drawing little cells, I've got petals. What he's drawing is a little bit different to that. It's what I call the Ifric grid. It's the basic grid of space of which everything comes from. All of the energy lines are from that. So if I, if I sort of drew all of this, then I would have these lines here. See that line, these squares? Mm -hmm. That's what Siberio is drawing um, in with his... And so each one of this is, is basic. And this is based on mathematics, divine geometry. So I, I, drew, I have to draw all of these in order to draw that. So they come from that, and that's the, the Nadi, the basic grid work of which all the Nadis are, and then there's, that the whole body is just made up of this, and all of space is made up of these uh, lines of... Um, so you can understand the drawings of Siberio? If I look at them, but I want, if I have the time to, yes. to, to go into him. But this is what I'm, I'm saying, so mm -hmm. I have a big diagram of, of, the, of all the headlighters, in the sense of the soul. And it's really based on hundreds of these little cells. Mm -hmm. And so it took me about seven years to work all this out. Oh, many, 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 many years ago <laughs> when I was young. Only seven years. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but that was a lot of work. I looked much, much handsomer, much, much prettier then. <laughs> Long hair. And... Yeah, it, was, it was a great discovery, but many, many years of... of of meditation, yes, and, and looking at all the books, putting all the books together, and that was even many years before that. But sort of getting all the information together and then... Because to me, the chakras were my fundamental 
driving force for most of my youth. You understand, from about the age of 18 onwards, I wanted to know the meaning of this. Why do Tibetans have a doje? Why its immutable power and how it relates to the chakras? And so it's you know, maybe 20, 30 years of, of discovery, but seven years of doing diagram after diagram until eventually I could finally figure out how the doje and the head lotus interrelate. And you know, the same nadis, the same grid work faces what I call the mandala of the pentagram and the mandala of the hexagram. And the, the mandala of the hexagram is what makes the chakras and the mandala of the pentagram is what makes the basic grid work. And that was discovered from a numerical interpretation of the revelation of St. John chapter 4 and 5 where it's talking about the, the seat of power, the throne of God, and the four and twenty elders that fell, and things like that. And so the number four plus twenty was very important. And so you got the number twenty, and when, the, when you get into that, then you get into pentagram. So it's all based on the pentagram. As I said, a human being is at pentagram, five fingers, etc. So you have to analyse the properties and powers of the pentagram. And when I analyse the properties and the powers of the pentagram, and I put the four pentagrams in the four directions of space and joined them together, eventually I got this basic shape. And from the basic shape, then I put them all together to make the, the mandala. Yes, yes. Is it pentagram? Is no, 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 no. The pentagrams will go outside that. Mm -hmm. But when you you find these these four points within the mandala of those interrelated pentagrams, and so it's all got to do with pentagrams as as the whole foundation of the geometry of time and space. And the pentagrams are these five elements. So they convey like one hand is watery, one hand is airy, one leg is earthy, and so forth. And you, so you've got all of these that comes through. And likewise, if you're looking at the face, um, you've got five, um, you've got the mouth, the nose, the eyes, the ears, and then the ajna center. So the mouth, so you've got the five again. Whereas this one here is the ephric, or you know, the ephric, which is um, the most rarefied, and therefore it's hidden. Whereas the four main elements, you can say the eyes are fiery because they penetrate, they see, they stimulate the mind. The nose is watery. So this is a mandala. And so a chakra is a wheel. And then what's, what a wheel contains is all of this symbolism. So there's much to learn. Even this symbol here, which is the Tibetan symbol hum, which awakens the heart center. There you are in foundations. Now, there you again have the five elements. It's composed into one, two, three, four, and this part here. So there's the five wisdoms of the Jiani Buddhas one, two, three, four, five. That's the way he's divided into, and it produces all the symbolism of the five elements, this pentagram which I'm talking about and of which the entire mandala is based on. Primal urges is this earthy element, right? People's emotions and the way they emotionally react and their normal human love is this watery element. And then uh, the way they use their minds is fiery and it's this throat element, this throat center. And then the way that they develop higher meditative love, higher love for all of humanity, sacrificial love, is this airy quality. And this air is the, the, main, the main symbol of all of the pranas. The prana, prana means air. We're talking about this energy. It's air. It's the energy that's conveyed in the air. And all of these nadis are really conveyors of prana, of the airy quality. And so the air itself has these five sub-energy. So it's, just think of breath as life. As you breathe, you live. Um, and so you're breathing in prana. And the prana you can smell. So you breathe in the air and you can breathe in pollution. 
and then the pollution is bad enough, it'll kill you, right? It's, uh, so that pollution is earthy. <laughs> and so the, the energy from the flowers is, is airy, is, is of, of the heart. So you can understand it's these different types of qualities and so people can have this very refined sense of smell and they can actually taste the different or smell the different types of pranas, different types of energies. And I'm amazed, I mean, I'm, I'm not a wine drinker, but, you know, I've seen people, the wine, the experts, sniffing the wine, they can tell you everything about the wine, where it comes from, just by that scent. And it's the, they have this very, very refined ability to, to, to smell the pranas of, of that particular, the energy, right? And for some reason, one type of smell makes very good wine, and another type of smell makes not so good wine. Now, I wouldn't know the difference, um, but maybe those of you that drink a lot of wine here in, in Belgium and in France uh, may. This is the energy of prana. So just think, as science says, all is energy. The um, equation of Einstein is E equals mc squared. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. So mass is everything you see around you, and this can be turned into pure energy. And that's what a nuclear explosion does. And that's what Kundalini is. It releases the inherent matter at the, the base of your spine into fire, pure fire. And unless you've been trained to handle it, it's going to destroy you. It will cause insanity. It will cause all sorts of psychosomatic sicknesses and diseases. You know, that's the reason why yogis spend their time in caves, in forests, far away from people. And 20, 30 years will go by. Because they're learning how to handle this energy and everything else associated with it. And the teachers don't know then? These teachers don't know it. They haven't done the 20 years of, of no. meditation in, in they a... They don't know it's so dangerous, I mean. Well, they're fools. The, the phrase to do of Kundalini is that it liberates the wise and destroys the foolish. As I said, fortunately, the teacher doesn't understand what Kundalini is and the students don't understand. So they, they, they're learning these books, they're reading up all the Hindu books and they're saying, wow, well, I want this. But what they're working on really is the, the stimulation of what, I, what we call another term, it's a term which is quite important to understand. City is quite important, it means psychic energy, and so what they're trying to do is awaken psychic energy because they're glamoured by psychic powers. They want to be able to control the elements, they want to be able to levitate, they want to be able to read your thoughts. Uh, they want to be able to control your thoughts if need be. Some men want to be able to sort of stimulate the sexual desires of women. They can do all of this with this colony. That's their, their dream, right? But it's, um, there's many different types of psychic. But what they're really awakening is what we call magic. Black magic versus white magic. It's all got to do with city now. The city is the control of these elements of the energies that are working through these nadis in your body, the pranas that are working through the nadis as they awaken the chakras, the petals of the chakras. You awaken the petals of the chakras consciously because you've developed the inner in the meditation world, meditation experiences, you develop these powers. And I was actually showing you a little bit, a very, very minor city, when we're talking about the energy field between your two hands. And um, you should practice this a little bit when you're home. Just sit there and just, just do this you know, at this angle and just swallow around and see if you can feel the, 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 the force between the two hands or sometimes between the fingers. There are some really nice chakras at the hands because um, the hands are used for healing. You've seen laying of the hands and, and things like that. And you use it for making things, manipulating, love, you know, everything that's you know, touching. Quite important chakras at the hands are controlled by the eyes or the solar plexus. And so when you do this, you, you can feel the sun is good for you. Just to sit in the sun is, is wonderful. You're absorbing the prana straight from the sun. You can do it through your hands. 
but um, lying on the beach <laughs> is, is good, you know. It, it you absorb the energy uh, of the um, of the photons or whatever, photons yes. or whatever is. You absorb all that energy in a, in a sunny day. Yes. And you, you absorb it through your. You don't need to, to be naked. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to be naked. Um, but there's a chakra here between the shoulder plates that actually absorbs this energy. Um, with women, especially the breast centers, uh, you know, they, the, the energies circulate there. You're absorbing prana, and the prana is what comes from the sun, ultimately. The prana and the heart are related. The sun and the heart is related. The colouring of the heart centre is golden yellow, the same as the, the energy of prana from the sun. So you're, you're invitalizing the heart and you're bringing energy in to help you fix up diseases, sicknesses. The germs don't like sunlight. So yes, this is all prana and the basics of being healthy. The best also, if you want to be healthy, is don't worry about things.